Coming at you live from the Koppel Chevrolet GMC Studios. This is Old School. Brought to you by Sand Hills Global. Broadcasting veteran Derek Pearson. When you find something that moves them, that makes them smile, celebrate it. That's your task. That's your superpower. Nebraska Football Hall of Famer Jay Foreman. Rifles a pass. It was tipped. It's picked off by Foreman. He's at the 15, 10, 5. He'll score! On 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com. Welcome back, everybody. This is Old School 93.7 The Ticket. I am Rico, joined by one Jay Foreman, Husker Hall of Famer. Join us on our journey for this final hour, 402-464-5685, the Hunt of Lincoln Hotline, the Sarder Heyman text line, and also the Sarder Heyman Jewelers live video stream, Facebook, YouTube, Twitch, and Twitter. You can hop on there, see us, leave a comment. I could throw it up on the screen if you would like. If you don't want your comment on the screen, you could say that, but I still might throw it up there anyways because that's the kind of person <laughs> I am. Uh, <clears throat> Old School, sponsored by Sand Hills Global. Sand Hills Global, hundreds of job opportunities available at the global headquarters here in Lincoln. Head to sandhills.jobs and apply today. That's sandhills.jobs, over 100 job opportunities. There's something for everybody, so just go to sandhills.jobs and apply today. Now, Mr. J. Foreman. Yes, there, Mr. Rico. There is something going I mean, this happens with every football team where you have players who have immense talent or who are thought to have immense talent, but they have yet to showcase that talent yeah. on the field. Yeah. Um, that's the, you know what that's called? Potential. <laughs> they have a lot of potential. Yeah. I mean, the best thing, the best quote. I heard about potential is like all that all that means is that you ain't done nothing yet. <laughs> They're really what it is. You got a lot yeah, of potential, but yeah. you ain't done nothing yet. Yeah. So so we waiting for no, you to do it. You you've got you've got players this is with every team. You've got players with an immense amount of potential who have yet to see the field who, you know, attempt to speak into existence their success, but at the same time are getting extremely hyped up by many a person and that just leads me to the quote that I've heard, you know, from you and from a lot of other uh, athletes, former athletes, current athletes, that your best ability is your availability. Yep, that and that's that's one thousand percent true, especially at the professional level, but even at the college level as well, because um, you know the more that a coach, if it's one player that says hurt or can't figure it out, whether it's academics versus a player that's playing, they're going to figure out a way to get the guy that they can count on. Mm-hmm. If you get injured and say somebody rolls up in you, and I mean, there's not, I can't control that. No. I can't, you know, I mean, heck, to be honest with you, literally when I had my worst injury ever in the NFL, it was a former or a teammate getting blown up into the back. I mean, I hadn't, there's nothing I could do. So, you, you know, I'm not, I'm not available. Um, another quote is, by the great philosopher, I'm gonna tell you who said this after okay. was, "Don't talk about it, be about it." Right? You know who that was? I feel like I do, but I can't think of a name. 
Jay Aristotle for me. No, <laughs> yeah, what I mean is don't you don't need to tell me like you, you know you know I don't know how many times I ever heard a team that's tough that would tell you that they're tough. Like I never really heard the Patriots just saying, "Oh, we're tough." They're mm-hmm. just like, "We're just gonna go out and play football." No, they played that way, mm-hmm. and uh, you know they can talk about we got to be physical. That's just the mindset and stuff like that. So I think a lot of guys, and I think it's just a generation where. You know, everything that they do, they got to tell you. Everything that they think, they got to tell you. Um, they want to be, you know, heard before they're seen. Mm-hmm. You know, it's inver- it used to be, you know, be seen and not heard. There's an old saying, you know, let your pads do your talking um, and see what's up after that. All that. Let her, you know, um, you know, under undersell, overvalue. I mean, there's tons of catchphrases that you yeah. could do. Uh but I think a lot of times, you know, there's there's guys that, and it might be the seven on seven is the way that these kids they have to market themselves, and sometimes they really believe it, and sometimes they are saying it because they're they truly believe it, and they're trying not to lose the confidence based on a certain you know situation. But at the end of the day, your true intrinsic confidence um, and your teammates' confidence in you mm-hmm. is you being able to be there and you producing. You know, and it's not just – and this is where I see this a lot in basketball, um, you know, coaching, whereas these kids are so fixated on the only thing that they – if they're not scoring or shooting well, then they act like they can't do anything else. And whereas there's so many other things that go into playing a position in football mm-hmm. um, that they sometimes miss out on that. And that's why they don't – you know, they fire off out the mouth and what we're going to do this X, Y, and Z – well, ultimately, that's great that you made a play, but what about the other sixty-five plays yeah. that you played? And uh, look, I'm a I'm I'm not gonna you know trash anybody's confidence. I'm a big fan of confidence. I'm a big fan of of, of players speaking into existence what they're going to do or or you know things that they want to accomplish. I I love that. I I love seeing that. I love seeing the. Uh, the the old tweets from players when they were in like high school or something saying like you know one day I'm gonna make it and then they're, they you know, end up making they, it, yeah. they get like a massive contract in whatever right. sport like yeah, for sure. that's that's fantastic and I love that but at the same time you have to be careful because you can you can talk all this mess you can talk about how great you are how great you're going to be all these things that you're going to accomplish but if you never live up to that if you never hit that like first off that's a lot of pressure that you're you're putting on, on yourself. yourself right yeah and then that's a lot of pressure that the outside forces are going to you know the outside forces you know being fans media you know you what have you on what you say see all this you stuff that you're nothing. saying and they're like okay like this person's gonna be great like you know they're trying to speak into existence how amazing they're gonna be you end up not doing anything like that's that's, that's even worse that's terrible right that's, well that's, i mean it's different coming in and especially if you get hurt and you're 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 spouting off at the mouth talking about how, you know, you're going to come back from this even better and you're going to do this. And, and look, I love it. I would love for that to happen with every player that gets hurt. You come back, you know, at the same level or better than what you were when you got hurt. But at the same time, again, that's pressure on yourself. And maybe you push yourself to go faster or get back Patience. earlier than you need to Patience. be back yeah. because you're trying to, you know, get back to that level quicker yeah, man, and that's I'm, not good it's not and, and a lot of times you have to be able to listen to somebody that doesn't have that's not emotionally invested and i can speak to this and i you know when i go talk to schools mentor players i tell them you know all of how i got to be successful i also talk about some of the mistakes and one of the, i only like have and they kind of go hand in hand mm-hmm. only regret that i ever have 
in my NFL career was I, I would never forget this. I mean, never forget this. I was in Houston. My best friend, they were thick as thieves. His name is Jamal. Um, and, you know, my I was literally bedridden for like three to four months. I had a cast, you know, all the way up my leg or whatever. And, you know, I felt like, I, you know, at the pinnacle of my career, I wanted to come back and prove that I could still play, you know, you know, prove Houston because they were trying to trade me and they, who knows if they released me at that point. Mm-hmm. But up until then, you know, I'd battled some, you know, neck and back issues, you know what I mean? Um, and my hip was hurting me at that time. And I remember him sitting there, and I'll never forget it, man. We were up and just kind of, I don't know if we were playing PlayStation. I don't know. I just remember we were just sitting on the couch, and I was, and I, I was, didn't have my full cast on. I think I might have been, I was icing my ankle. So I might have just got done doing like some, you know, rehab or physical therapy. Yeah. And he was like, man, um, he's like, why don't you just take the year off? He's like, you know, he's like, do you ever thought about that? Cause we were talking, I was talking to him about the timeline. Yep. You know, about me, you know, probably cause he knew cause he, you know, his dad was a doctor. He knew a little bit about medical stuff and, you know, I'm just starting to get up and around and here we are in like May, June. He's used to seeing me in peak, peak physical condition. Mm-hmm. I got atrophy on my leg. You know what I mean? Yeah. He's like, man, you know, he's like, man, you know, you, you, you know, you had your neck stuff and back. He's like, what about just taking a year off or take a half a season off or just a whole season off? It goes by quicker and just relax, let your body cool down and just come back strong next year. And I was like steadfast. No. Right. Um, now it's hindsight. It might have been the best thing for me, but see, back then, like missing a season now isn't a big deal. You see, guys come back after like two or three years, right? Yeah. Now, granted, Gronk and stuff are in a different stratosphere than Jay Foreman, but you see, guys do that more often now. When I played, it was like once you kind of were like not in the system, they were quick to jettison you. Were, you were right. done, right? And I was getting a little bit longer in my career. Um, that's probably my only regret to, you know, kind of all this what if, and it kind of coincides with, as I was coming off on that injury, I tried to come back at the same weight that I was when I was pre-injury. Whereas like, if I had to do it again, I might've would have came back like five to eight pounds lighter mm-hmm. because of just like when guys come back off of ACL, they generally, they used to be like, well, you could be maybe 10 pounds, a little bit light, lighter, just to take the stress off of it and, you know, yeah, be, you know, that. So, yeah, I mean, sometimes the, you know, the, the, the lack of patience can kind of keep, you know, you know, uh, curtailing you from reaching your potential. Mm-hmm. And sometimes being patient is the best thing to do because ultimately say like, if it was me and say I got hurt at the end of last season, say I'm playing for Nebraska and yeah. say it was whatever injury. And I try to force myself to come back by the summer or whatever, and then I get injured again. Well, now I'm in the same boat that I was at the end of the the previous season versus if I just really focus on my rehab and try to use like the middle of the season, end of the season as kind of like my spring ball that I missed. Yep. Then as I go into the following spring and the off season, I'm the guy that they's like, all right, we saw some improvement. He's back where he's at. I'm actually a little bit more confident because – I'm probably physically in a better shape, mentally a little bit more relaxed, and I can go out there and reach my potential, ideally. Um, but Guys, do you want thicker, fuller hair? Do you desire lustrous, luscious locks that you can run your fingers through? 
Maybe a full head of hair makes you feel attractive. Perhaps a full head of hair boosts your confidence and self-esteem. Whatever your reasons, if you have started to experience hair loss, there is good news. Because there are effective, FDA-approved treatments that work. One is a prescription clinically proven to prevent further loss. The other is clinically proven to regrow your hair in two to four months. And both are available from Roman for just a dollar a day. Just complete a free online visit. Roman connects you to a US-licensed healthcare professional who will work with you to find the best treatment plan. Then Roman sends everything you need right to your door with free shipping and indiscreet packaging. So guys, are you Roman ready for a thicker, fuller head of hair? Go to ro.co slash fuller. Do it today and Roman will give you 20% off your first order. That's ro.co slash fuller. We are in the era of players and, and, and people that want everything instantaneous and they, they want to, I wouldn't say they want to put as minimal effort into it, but they want to make, the, these kids these days, no matter who they are, they want to make the transition. It's, it's funny. They really want to go from like middle school football to NFL football. Yeah. They're like, I'm ready. I can I'm do ready. I'm, I'm ready. I've got, I've got I mean, this. they're just in high school. Once they get to high I mean, granted, they love playing high school, but these kids act like I, they're not thinking I'm going to college for five years. They're like, I'm going for three. They're like, I'm going for three. It's 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 almost like the one – it's kind of like a one and done. They're like, look, well, I'm it's not the here minimal. for very long. It's the I'm middle. Here. Right. They think like, I'm here for three years. That's all I need gonna, to do. I'm going to be here for – I'm gonna be I here don't for want three years, and I, and I gotta be two seasons. Yeah, yeah. I don't. I don't want to redshirt. That's all they're thinking about. I'm playing my freshman year straight all out I, of high school. All I need is one good year. So yep. even if you don't play for the first two years, it's already my third year. I blow up. I'm out of here. Yep. Well, you didn't miss. You don't know how really good you are. <laughs> like you gotta go through the grind, man, to get there. And once you get to the NFL, they don't have time for you to like develop you. No, like they don't, because coaches get fired. Like almost like you know, say a coach signs a five year contract with. Uh, well, in particular, like Jackson. Well, take Urban Meyer, but just yeah. say the new, you know, Doug Peterson. Yeah, five year contract. You got you, two, maybe three. You, you you struggle year one. Okay, that's cool. You start out like zero and five, zero and six in year two. You might not make. You might not make it to the end of year two. Yeah, they're looking. And if you do make it to year three, you're on a hot seat. So those first six games for you is for your job. Mm-hmm. So they don't. So if you were a developmental project. You get bypassed or put to the side because I need Rico because he's ready to play. Yep. Oh, the Texans fired their coach after one year. Yeah. The well, Browns that, fired Freddie, Freddie Kitchens after a year. After a year. Yeah. Like they went Hugh Jackson, and, and, Greg it, Williams it, it, for it was like half a season for both of those. Hired Freddie Kitchens when they should have hired Greg Williams, but right. that's whatever. Hired Freddie Kitchens. Uh, he had a losing record. Fired him. Hired uh, Stefanski. Stefanski. Well, yeah. I mean, Lovey Smith is the head coach at Houston. So how long are they gonna keep him? I mean, they. I mean, it's. Lovey Smith was the head coach of Illinois two years ago. Right. <laughs> after a, not after being his last head coaching job was with the Bears, and was not coaching for what four or five years. When when it was Peyton Manning's first Super Bowl. Yeah. I don't even know that was back yeah, back in the day. Way back in the day. So it's it. So what what we're saying is is sometimes again if the pe- lack of patience to get there is can hurt you and so you got to really step back and look at it as a business as you should as they should. Mm-hmm. But then also, uh, you know, tread water softly and don't think that you need everything instantaneous because when you're 18, 19, even 20 years old, you're playing against guys that are 21, 22 years. That one year is huge. Yeah. Huge. And especially if it, if they have kind of came up through the grind like a Wisconsin player that's, a you know, his first year starting, he's a junior. You know he's been through 
the the ringer in practice. He's physically ready. He's seen some. Things. And then here you come as a 19 year old kid. And you think you're gonna you you're, step you, up to him? Yeah, those those those, those rinky dink moves ain't gonna work. So no. you you got to make sure that you're ready to go mentally and physically, and that's where a lot of guys miss the boat. Like I understand the toughness factor. I understand the wanting to be tough because you know you've got you've got people telling you, oh, you you play football, you're you're tough. Like you can do this, you can do anything, you can get through this, but at the same time, if you have a serious injury where you're supposed to be out for this amount of time, don't try to force yourself back before that. Right. If it just so happens that your rehab is going well and you can come back before that, you know, maybe think about it. Think about how dangerous it could be if you came back. Think right. about, you know, if I took this year off, it's not It's not the worst. It's not the you're worst not going, thing in the you're world. You're not going anywhere. You're not – you're not going to lose athletic ability by not playing or not come or or by coming back too early. You got to make sure. You, I mean, there was a saying that um, I heard Dr. Andrews one time say that you need to come back when you're at 150 percent, not 100 percent, mm-hmm. because I remember being in rehab like, like and they and you know like NFL is different because they they trying to get you to sign off so they can you know get rid of you or whatever. But I remember talking <laughs> to this dude and I'm. Going, you know, you're going through like, you know, little rehab stuff. And there's one thing going through like cones. Mm-hmm. There's another thing walking around with ten pounds of it, and you got to cover, you know, Alvin Kamara or somebody like that out of the back backfield. Yeah, and actually doing it while you're actually playing football, mm-hmm. calling defenses, executing those defenses. You're not as quick as you think, and so knowing sometimes, you, and also knowing that somebody's going to try and stop you from getting to that right. person. Right. It is one thing to think that you're a hundred percent, right? Mm-hmm. But your body shows and, and will tell you where you're at, and you got you got to listen to your body and not your mind, because your mind can lead you down a path that uh, you know won't be the best interest in for you short and sometimes long term. Yeah, that that's it's not frowned upon anymore to miss a season if you have an injury. Like you you can miss a season with the type of injury and people aren't gonna say, Oh, well, this guy's never going to make it. They're just like, Oh yeah, you know, he was hurt, he's gonna come back stronger next year. So if you get hurt, if it's that serious, yeah. take take not not take it easy, but like relax. Don't don't rush yourself back. Don't force yourself to get back because you're putting an immense amount of pressure on yourself and it's it's not going to be good for anybody in the long run. Yeah, I mean I think now like Knee injuries and stuff it aren't as much as a taboo or so-called career-altering injuries anymore. Now they just happen. They just like, happen. Oh, yeah. It's like, oh, yeah, you're going to come back in six to nine months. I mean, so that's also should give you more confidence that the teams, you know, in particular like NFL teams and colleges won't look down on you. I mean, um, Antonio Cromartie, when he came out early, he had not played his – the previous year at Florida State because he had an ACL injury. Mm-hmm. He went like first or second round, ended yeah. up playing, you know, uh, 10, 12 years in the league. Now he's coaching down, I think, down at Texas A&M. So, you know, they don't, you know, hold it against you as much. Um, and so I think it's just one of those things that, uh, you know, you got to make sure you have a good support system around you and you're not so focused on getting to the step three when you haven't even done step one. I Like – it's it's weird to me, but I also have to accept that it's the time that these the, the way these kids' mindsets are. Like I remember, I had a kid came up to me and I was speaking up in Minnesota, and he, and he was asking me about my mindset going to college. Mm-hmm. He was just like, "Hey, was your mindset? You know, when you went to Nebraska, was like, I'm just there. You're you're just there just to 
hang out and go to school for a little while. And then the NFL, I was like, dude, to be honest with you, I never thought about the NFL until like my senior year. And it was not even that much thought into it. I thought it was like, if I go out and have a good year, I'll go to the combine, I'll do the combine. I'd been through all the drills and I felt I, my confidence came from playing at Nebraska. Mm-hmm. I, I never, what came, showed up at Nebraska thinking this being an able, able, you know, I think able's the dorm I stayed in being an able thinking and would be picking up the phone and talking to Rick, calling you and say, Hey man, two more years, you know, I'm being, that's that never even crossed my mind. Yeah. It never, and to be honest with you, I'll take it even a step further. Grant Wistrom, who would be the equivalent of a five-star never spoke about it. And he played as a true freshman, Yeah, but I registered it. So he never talked about it. It's just a totally different kid, totally different mindset these days. But, you know, I mean, it's thrown on their face. It's social media. These guys, And I'll say this. These kids are treated as superstars from a very, very young age. <laughs> yeah. You, you get what I'm saying? I mean, you know, remember when Michael Parsons came here, you know, say he had 10,000 followers when he came. Mm-hmm. He left with 30. Yeah. So these guys are – and they're being interviewed – I don't, you know, Schaefer could probably tell you tomorrow or in Sipple and all. They, like a kid that, say, is good from, just say, you know, I play at Lincoln Southeast, right? Mm-hmm. Say Jay Foreman and say, like, I'm a, I went to, like, Friday Night Lights and, you know, say I had a good camp and say I'm, let's just take my stats from high school, 6'1", well, 195, right? I was yeah. probably 185, 183 or no, whatever. They right? always add like 20, probably 20 175. Pounds. You catch me on a bad week, <laughs> but, you know, so I, there I, I am. I didn't eat breakfast this morning. Right. Um, so there, there I am. Well, then I start getting interviewed, and then I start getting you know social media attention. Say Nebraska offers me, right? I got a Nebraska offer, mm-hmm. so now my profile goes up. So then, all the there, whether it's you know rivals Husker online on three, you know Simple calls me, Sean Callahan calls me. Now I'm written up online, which because you, you you know you're not doing print anymore. Mm-hmm. Say Omaha Word Herald has me in there, so I'm getting interviewed. So these kids that come into college. Like, if it's just from a sophomore, junior, and senior year, you, you know, Sipple said he talked to Coach Brown where you got to start having some intel on these kids, that, you know, ideally as early as fifth grade, right? How? So, I don't know. I mean, that's probably a little bit of exaggeration, but just say a kid from sophomore year that's good. Yeah. And it's a Division One kid. When he shows up on campus, he has probably been interviewed in, in, in more of a, I don't know what you call it, superstar or whatever. Than me or Grant when we showed up here, and it's in particularly as much or maybe even more than Grant Wishman when he got here. Mm-hmm. Grant Wishman is one of the best defensive players ever play here. So when these kids come into college, their sense of reality is already kind of skewed because it's not only that they're treated as a superstar in high school, mm-hmm. they're treated as a superstar in their seven on seven team, they're treated as a superstar in their household, X, Y, and Z. So they're showing up. Thinking they're a superstar, superstar. But then you get here and you realize, and like, oh, you're the lowest man on the totem pole. Oh, that dude from Carney. That was like a no star, that country boy from Carney that just like you know throwing hay bales. He's actually pretty good. Oh, this kid from Iowa that was only a three star recruit and and you know really you know it was just a little blip. Like when you know say they both committed on the same day. Yep. You know this kid and it hit, was like oh yeah this guy committed but right, this yeah. guy yeah he's only yeah you know he, you know say like and sometimes you could be listed as underweight right they could say oh you're and some of these high school coaches never update anything. Yep. So you could be. And I used to always make look at it when I was at Nebraska because I wanted to make sure if any, you know, I, if I'm getting bigger, I want to let people know, you know. Mm-hmm. Say he's a, you know, two years ago prior he was six two, two sixty. 
Well, he's been in the weight room. He's showing up 285. That dude's up there knocking your head off. Now, he was just a, a, a shoe in and maybe grown an inch or two. So a lot of things can can give you a sense of reality, and we talked about that. You, you just don't know how somebody's going to react to the intense pressure of true competition. That means you're looking across mm-hmm. from somebody that's just as good as you. You're com- like when you get down on the line. I don't know if you guys did. We used to, when we used to run forties, or we'd have our ten yard starts or five yard starts, or we'd you know be doing our competition or or the pro agility. When you look down that line. You're looking at everybody that that's just as good as you, and there's always that guy or two or three or four mm-hmm. that has something up on you. Mm-hmm. That's a hard dose of reality for kids to come to terms with. If you don't embrace it, you'll always be kind of you know swimming upstream. There's always somebody out there that it could be better than you, and you need to realize that because if you come in thinking you're oh, there's always somebody better than you. If you come in here thinking you're you're the best and you're you're hot stuff. There's you're always, gonna get humbled there's pretty, always pretty somebody quickly. More talented. There's always somebody better than you. But we're gonna head to a break when we come back. Nebraska basketball has had a tumultuous off season. Been a lot of stuff going on with Nebraska basketball. We're gonna hit on some of that up next on Old School. You're listening to Old School with DP and J. Download the mobile app and listen wherever you are on 93.7 The Ticket and theticketfm.com.